God has laid on my heart to share is when it seems like God's promises have failed. This goes beyond our church experience. This goes beyond our experience of worship. Our worship on a weekly basis of coming to church, of participating with other believers. This goes beyond what we are naturally capable of handling. It must come through the providence of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. As David said in Psalm 23, when he talked about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, what looked like and felt like death was only a shadow, although he could still feel the presence of it. His emotions were still, invo still involved with what he was going through. But at the end, most of us know how he, sh how he shares that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was one of David's main focal points. That was one of David's main purposes was dwelling in the house of God, was knowing God passionately, personally, intimately, and powerfully. Because God, most of us know, some of us know, and some of us may not know, that God is multifaceted as Pastor Alex has been sharing with us over the course of the weeks about how God revealed himself to different people in the Bible by different names and different titles at different times. Genesis 11.30. Genesis 11.30. My Bible may read a little different than what comes up on the screen. There will be a few scriptures that probably have different versions. So just stay with me. Genesis 11.30. But Sarai was barren and she had no child. Genesis 11.30. But or excuse me, Genesis 25, 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Genesis 29, 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Judges 13, 2. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah and his wife. Somebody finish that for me. And she bare not. Her womb, their wombs were shut up to where they could not give birth to children. 
these were daughters of God's promises. These were, these were wives of husbands who trusted and believed in God, who served God. But they were barren and they could not give birth. But this is not a message on infertility. This is what seems to go on with most of us as believers in our walk with God at times. We feel like we're unfruitful or we feel like we're unbarren, that we can't give birth to much or we can't succeed at much. Or we get to a certain place and we stop and we, it's like we hit a wall. And, and, and then we start to go through the motions of our Christianity. We go through the motions of doing the right thing because we know what the right thing is to do. But it's like we become barren. Luke 1, 6 through 7. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. They were blameless. Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias, serving in the temple year after year, serving God faithfully. But it's almost as if she's a cursed woman, that God isn't blessing her, that God isn't caring for her, that God is even... That God isn't even receiving their sacrifices because she's unfruitful, probably watching other women of other husbands that are coming to the temple that are bearing children, that are joyfully raising children. And I can only imagine there could have been an undertone of thinking, God, here it is. I've been serving you faithfully and all your ordinances blameless. Walking in your commandments, but they had no child. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Because that Elizabeth was barren. Not only was she barren, not only was she unable to get pregnant, they were well stricken in years, the Bible puts it. All odds were up against them. And at this time, there was, there was no doctors to use infertility drugs in order to get them to be able to bear children. A lot of times in those times, the wives had to find another woman for their husband to be with just so they could... just so they could lay claim to something that was close to being a child because they longed so much, they desired so much to become pregnant and have children. Have you ever wanted something so bad from God till it hurt? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 14. We're going to try to make it through this tonight. Y'all help me, please. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, surely she has no child. My gosh. This is already almost six to eight women who know God or know of God, serving God. And nothing's happening in their womb.
if we're not careful, we can get to a place in our walk with God. We can get to a place in our purpose. We can get to a place in our calling. We can get to a place in our destiny. Because of impatience where it seems as if nothing is happening in our walk. And it leaves us feeling barren. It leaves us feeling unfruitful. When God's promises seem like they failed. This sounds familiar. And Gehazi answered, surely she has no child and her husband is old. I don't even need to go into detail with that. But it sounds like another incident in the Bible. It sounds like several of those incidences in the Bible. They couldn't just take them to the doctor and get them a prescription. So that she could become impregnated and leave a legacy of who she was and what she had. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread. Which means she compelled him. She pleaded with him to stop and eat at their house. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. He turned in there to eat bread. Verse 10, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table, a stool, a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us that he will turn in to this place and eat and stay in this room that we make for him. Her husband is asked, excuse me, she is asking her husband because she notices this holy man of God that is passing through her region, that is passing through her city, that is passing through her town, and she is so intrigued by his lifestyle, she is so intrigued by his character, she is so intrigued by her walk that she pleads and asks her husband to build him a room. She doesn't call a contractor while her husband's at work and say, I need you to come build me a room for this gentleman that passes through our town. But she said, let us build him a room. I can almost guarantee you now that she endorsed it. She said, let us make him a room. But I guarantee you the wife sat on the couch while the husband did the building. <laughs> you know how women in the Bible... I'm going to use the women in the Bible because how women in the Bible can be when they want something. And especially when they're desiring something, longing for something, and there doesn't seem a way to obtain it. Look up, read about Abraham. Read about Isaac. How stuff just follows down, it trickles down, generational. He ends up doing the same thing his father does. 
there's a theme, there's a pattern. And it fell on a day, verse 11, that he came there and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, behold, you have been careful for us with all this care. Or you have shown us a great amount of hospitality. You have been very nice to us. And it touches her heart. It touches her heart so much when she does this with her husband and builds him a room. Elijah is so touched by it that he proposes a question to her. What can I do for you? He said, would you be spoken of for, to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I don't need anything from you prophets. I don't need anything from you men of God. You children of God, you people of God, I don't need anything from you. I dwell among my own people. I'm settled. I'm set. I have everything that I need. But I guarantee you there was an underlying request inside of her of something that she wanted the prophet to do. But probably because of pride and shame, she almost feels as if it's too shameful to make the request. She had to hear about Elisha and the miracles that he did, the miracle that he just performed with the widow when she was getting ready to lose her sons. And he gave her an instruction to do something. And it came to pass, the woman right before this, the widow, and now he's at this great woman's house, and she's nameless. She does, the Bible doesn't even give us her name. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? He being Elisha. And Gehazi answered, surely she has no child. Here it is again. And her husband is old. What's up with these old men in the Bible? God is very careful to point this stuff out. He's in pointing out to us impossible situations that we find ourselves in often. And seasons of life and moments of life and relationships at work with our children in our marriages in our community what is to be done for her then and he said she has no child and her husband is old it's a hopeless situation basically it's interesting that God did not reveal it prophetically to Elisha. He was a prophet. He was a seer. He could see in the spirit. Don't get mad at the preacher because he can't tell you your whole life story. Don't get mad at the prophet when he doesn't know everything or give you the word that you want him to give you. Sometimes God hides it. And we'll see why. And he said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, 
you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, you man of God, do not lie to me. In essence, what she was saying, that there is no way possible that this is going to happen. You don't understand how long I've been trying to get things to come to pass in my life. Have you ever tried to forcefully get things to come to pass in your life? Have you ever forcefully in your flesh tried to stop things from coming to pass in your life? Have you ever tried to help God? I'm going to leave that one alone right there. Some of y'all are in here tonight because you try to help God. Hallelujah, he brought you to the right place. He brought you to a birthing place. He brought you to a place of miracles. He brought you to a place of the miraculous. He brought you to a season. He brought you to a season. And he said about this season, according to the time of life, you shall embrace a son. And she said, do not lie to me. King Solomon said to everything, there is a season. Some of us want to give birth to stuff when it's not even season. Some of us want to give birth to things when it's not even time. And then we get frustrated with God when it's not happening or looking like the way that we thought it would look, the way that we thought it would happen, the way that we thought it would go. But God, you said you were a miracle worker. God, you said you would heal me. God, you said you would bless me going out and bless me coming in. God, you said you would bless my children. God, you said you would bring my children home. God, you said you would bless my finances. But God, right now, it seems things are obscure. Right now, it seems like I'm in a dark place. Right now, it seems like all oh, hell is breaking loose. Right now, it seems like things are falling apart right now it seems like no doors are opening right now it seems like heaven is shut up right now it seems like you're not hearing my prayers but I want to tell you tonight I submit notice to the devil that God has a time God has a season God has a purpose God has a reason for everything he is doing in your life can I get an amen And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said to her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. Man, there's so much in this text. Dad didn't want to deal with it. Dad was busy working in the field, trying to provide. And the boy had a heat stroke. And the Bible says that he was amongst the reapers. See, death had come to reap a soul. Death had come to reap a promise that was spoken not by God directly, but indirectly through a prophet. He said that you will bear a child. 
in this season according to the time of life. And he said to his father, my head, my head. He said to a lad, carry him to his mother. Why did the father not carry the boy to his mom? And he said to his, verse 20, and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon. I can imagine her looking at her child. I can imagine her looking at something she loved. I can imagine her looking at something that she cherished. I can imagine her looking at the very thing that she was seeking. That she was secretly hoping in God for. And it says that the child sat on her knees right in front of her. Not out in the field. Not in the house. The child died. Right on her knees where she probably burped. Little David where she nursed and nourished, where she nursed and nourished the very promise that God had given her through Elijah now dies. I wonder what has died in your life. It sat on her knees, he sat on her knees till noon and died. But I, it's almost like I can almost hear, I can almost see her reading the psalm. How David said that I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. There is destruction that the enemy has plotted for our lives. There are promises that God has promised to some of us that have gone dormant in our lives. And he said to his, verse 21, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She went back to the very place that she started when she met Elisha. The very chamber that she prepared, built, and got ready was the very place that housed her child, her promise, her miracle while it was dead until God resurrected again. And she called to her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, why are you going to him today? And he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. These were times. These were seasons. These were incidences, these were moments where they usually, whether it was uh, seeking out a priest, whether it was atonement, whether it was a feast in Jewish culture, 
or whether it was seeking out a prophet. The husband says, why are you going to him? And then she saddled the donkey and said to his servant, said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not your writing for me unless I tell you, which in essence what she said is do not stop unless I tell you to. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel and it came to pass. When the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder, or behold, further on down is the Shulamite. In the distance, there is the Shulamite woman. Run now, I pray thee. Go meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. There will come a time in your walk. Where it will seem like nothing is happening. There will come a time in your walk where you will even question your very existence at times. There will come a time, there will come a season in your walk, in your life, walking with God, that you will question God. This woman gets a promise. The promise is growing up right before her. This is miraculous in and of itself. And now you mean to tell me I've got a promise. I've got the child that I long for and he dies on my knees. How could you, God? But she doesn't say that. Look at the posture of her heart. When the prophet asked her, is everything well? She says, it is well. Regardless of what just happened, regardless that my my son, the one that I waited so long for, the promise that I waited so long for, the things that I waited on God so long for, seems dead. Somehow I got off on this detour. Somehow I'm in this new season and it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right. I feel... I feel out of place. I feel awkward. I don't feel like I'm making the right steps. I don't feel like I'm making the right moves. I don't feel like I'm going in the right direction. But it is well, she says. She's got a dead child. That would be like you and I. That would be like you and I having a dead child, God promising us a child, and then that child dying, and then putting it in its room, not calling the ambulance. Not calling the morgue to come pick up this dead body. She said, even though I may feel dead inside at times. Oh, glory, Jesus. Even though I may feel empty inside at times. Even though I know God is filling me. Even though I know that God promised me his spirit. Even though I still experience the emotions of it. Even though I still even though I still experience the human part of me and things may seem and feel and look dead, the woman says, it is well. 
it is well. Even though I still have this internal struggle going on, even though I still have this battle going on, even though my emotions are still raging at times, even though I still feel unsafe, even though I still feel insecure at times, even when I still doubt at times, even though I don't even know for sure if my child is going to wake up, but I will say it is well. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? She answered, it is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. She came and she was so broken, she fell at Elisha's feet. And his servant... The very one who had seen what God had did. He was the very one that spoke on her behalf to Elisha. Tries to push her away. Let me encourage you. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop pushing till the miracle comes out. Don't stop pushing till the promise happens. Don't stop pushing till you enter into that season. Don't stop pushing till you enter into God's rest. Don't stop pushing until you see what you've been trusting in God for come to fruition. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop pushing. She falls at his feet. Gehazi tries to thrust her away, he tries to throw her away, he tries to push her away. It's just like people of God at times. Woo, Jesus, I'm going to hurt some toes right here. To try to stand in the way of you and God. The disciples, when the children were coming to Jesus, standing in the way. Blind Bartimaeus, when he cried out for Jesus and they said, shut up. Why are you bothering him? And the Bible says that he cried out even louder. The scribes and the Pharisees, many a times when Jesus was doing a miracle for someone, they confronted the person. Trying to push them away. Trying to stop. Glory God. Trying to stop what they are trusting and believing in God for. Miracles, I know we like to say miracles just happen. But miracles, I've come to find out, involve you and I. Miracles, I've come to find out that God wants our participation. The man with the withered hand. Stretch forth your hand. He could have spoke to his hand and say, hand be healed. He said, stretch. Sometimes you got to stretch. Sometimes you got to push. Sometimes you got to persevere. Sometimes you got to endure. Sometimes you got to grab a hold of that promise. Grab a hold of God and be like Jacob. I'm not letting you go until you bless me, God. I'm not letting you go until you save my children. I'm not letting you go until you save my marriage. I'm not letting you go until you get me off these drugs. I'm not letting you go until this alcohol gets out of my system. I'm not letting you go until when I've been praying to you about comes to pass she fell at his feet and said verse 28 did I desire a son from you it would almost seem like she was deceived it was almost it's almost like she was 
played for a joke if we didn't read on in the rest of the text. If we stopped, if we closed the book right when the child died on her knees at noon, we would almost say, God, you lied. Or the prophet lied, one of the two, and, and God isn't a liar. So the prophet must have lied. He must have missed it. He must have moved in his flesh. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, leave her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. Some of us came in here with a vexed soul tonight. Oh, God. But I'm believing that some of you, I'm believing that. I'm believing that even if it's one person, somebody's getting ready to give birth to some miracles. Somebody's getting ready to give birth to a miracle. Somebody's in a birthing position and getting ready to push something out. And now look what happens. And the man of God said, leave her alone for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord, hallelujah, verse 27 and the Lord, 27, leave her alone for her soul is vexed within her. And what? Her soul is vexed within her and the Lord, what? We got to be careful who we call false prophet. God hid it from Elisha. God could have revealed it. He was prophetic. He spoke the word. The word had so much power, it came to pass at a certain time, at a certain season in life when the word that he spoke to her actually came into manifestation in her life according to the time of life. Then she said, did I desire a son of you, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? She almost felt like she was deceived. Have you ever felt like if you've walked with God any amount of time? Have you ever felt like that you were almost deceived? When something fell apart. When you had a fallout with a family member fall out with a child, unexpected bills, unexpected fight, unexpected financial disaster, an unexpected twist in the plot. I want to encourage you. We serve a miracle working God. She said, don't deceive me. She thought she had been deceived, but we're going to see. Like God always does, shows up and shows out. Then he said to Gehazi, gird up the loins and take my staff in your hand and go your way. We're going to skip on down a few. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. This was a staff. This was something that they used oftentimes when the prophet wouldn't go himself. 
They felt like what they carried was able to be transferred or imparted to the staff that they used. And they could place it upon people just like Paul in the New Testament when he prayed over handkerchiefs. They sent them to various places and devils and demons left bodies. But here, this doesn't even, it doesn't happen. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon the two of them and prayed to the Lord. He prayed. Have you ever felt so vexed? Have you ever been in so much pain in your soul? In your mind, you knew the right thing to do, but you didn't even feel like praying. But then we move right to cure prayer. God, I need you to fix this. God, I need you to fix my heart. He prays. And he went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child. This lady not only got a promise, she got a miracle. But Elisha couldn't just speak a word. He had to stretch himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child grew warm. Then he returned. And walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. So he called her. And when she was come in to him, he said, take up your son. Take up your promise. Take up what you have been believing God for. Take up what you have been asking God for. Take up what God has given you. Take up the purpose. Take up the calling. Take up the destiny. Take up what God has spoken to you prophetically. Take up what God has given you. Take up your position in prayer. Take up your authority as a daughter of God. Take up your authority as a mother of God. Take up your authority as a husband of God. Take up your authority as a minister. Take up your authority as a pastor. Take up your authority as an evangelist. Take up your authority as a prophet. Take up your authority as a king. Take up your authority as a priest. Take up your authority as a child of God and pray and stand in the gap and pick up and pick up and carry what God has given you. When God's promises seem like they fail. It seemed like they failed. It seemed like God has failed. But I know we like to say a lot that God can do anything. Hmm. But God is not capable of doing everything. Before you walk out, God cannot fail. And God cannot lie. Hallelujah. He called her to take up the promise that she had been given. In these verses, we see a woman who is notable and great, 
Probably with wealth and influence, she is moved to care and hospitality by Alicia's continual passing and actually has her husband build a chamber, a small room for him in addition to their house, which I've already mentioned, so that he could probably stay, meditate, so that he could rest when he was passing through to the surrounding areas such as Mount Carmel or when he was on his circuit evangelizing or prophesying to people or cities or pronouncing judgment upon surrounding areas. They built him a room so he could regroup. There is something to say about treating God's ministers and prophets with hospitality and care. And there are many scriptural references. This lady, through her act of care, received a miracle. Through this care, she receives her unspoken desire, her unspoken request. This woman actually needs a miracle, but through pride and possibly shame, she tries to hide it. Now, even the prophet Elisha can solicit a response from her. It's Gehazi, Elisha's servant, that had to tell him what she was in need of. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you felt like you couldn't even tell your best friend? Deep things in your heart that only God knows about. Things that you don't announce or verbalize on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes we wear them on our faces. Things that we're believing and trusting God for, things that we're believing and trusting God for that haven't quite happened yet. Deep things of the heart. Elisha did not even know it. And he he informs Elisha that she is barren. Elisha calls for her and gives her a prophetic word that she will bear a child at a certain time and season in life. There are times and seasons for things that God has purposed and willed for us to come to pass at certain times in our lives. I've seen too many people. I've seen too many people in the body of Christ become offended and want nothing to do with church, want nothing to do with people, the very people that we are called to love, the very people that we are called to care for, the very people that we are called to reconcile. As Paul said, for he has given us the ministry of reconciliation, of bringing back. I have seen too many people Walk away and become barren. I've seen them in jail cells. I've seen them in prison cells. I've seen them in the streets. I've seen them in their homes. I've seen them walking alone through life. As if nobody cared for them or cared about them. People had given up on them. But God has a way of doing things unexpectedly in our lives at certain times and certain seasons. That woman did not wake up that morning and say, I will receive a word that I will bear a child. It happened. It fell on a day that she was probably least expecting. When you find yourself in those hard places, when you find yourself in those moments that just seem impossible, 
possible. When you find yourself in those places where you don't even want to go, another step. He is the God of the miraculous. He is the God of the suddenlies. He is the God that it falls on a day. It could be the very day that God performs and pushes a miracle out and through your life. That's why the Apostle Paul admonishes us to be instant in season and out of season. I've noticed that a lot of us, we like to be in season. We like to be bearing fruit. We like the benefits that God provides. We like the things that God provides. But we don't like to be out of season. We don't like when it seems as if nothing is happening. We don't like when it looks as if nothing is happening. We don't know the exact day or time of life that God has allocated for his promises to manifest and come to fruition in our lives. But we do and will experience them because there will come a time to reap a harvest of promises. If you do not faint, there will come a time in your life. There will come a time in your children's lives. There will come a time in your family's lives. There will come a time in your life. I guarantee you, if you do not faint, the word of God cannot lie. The Bible says, let God be the truth, but every man a liar. If God wills it, if God purposes it, if God promised you it, if God spoke it over to you, if God spoke spoke it to you, if God spoke it into your life, if God spoke it over your life, there will come a time, there will come a place, there will come a season where what God has promised, where what God has said will come to fruition, will come to manifestation, will come to pass in your life. There will come a time where you will see the promises of God. That's why Paul said, be not weary in well-doing because he knew that we had as human beings the tendency to become weary, the tendency to become frustrated, the tendency to be discouraged, the tendency to be sad, the tendency to be broken. But he said, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you do not faint. Give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Back to this Shunammite woman. She is not the least persuaded by Elisha engaging her so that he in return can bless her. As a matter of fact, she tells the prophet not to lie to her. I can imagine the despair, the anguish, the pain of this woman. And those times being barren. Everybody else prospering. Everybody else seeming like they have it together. Everybody else seeming that... All is well. It's almost as if Alicia is adding insult to her injury. She does have the child of promise, like he said, but the child, the promise dies. On top of everything, she will also experience famine. She is going to need more than what money can buy. She is going to need more than the promise of a child, as we will see. 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1 through 6. She is going to need God like never before. She is going to need restoration of everything she and her family lost, leaving because of a seven-year famine that God called into the land. 
Then spake Elisha to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, go thou and thine household, and sojourn wheresoever you can. For the Lord has called a famine, for it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry to the king for her house and for what she had lost for her land and the king talked with Gehazi the servant of the man of God saying tell me I pray thee all the great things that Elisha has done and it came to pass as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life that behold the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the cried to the king for her house and for her land and Gehazi said my lord O king this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life the miracle was standing in front of him and when the king when you look in the mirror I want to let you know you are looking at a miracle hallelujah and when the king asked the woman she told him so the king appointed to her a certain officer saying restore everything that was hers all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land until now restore devil everything that you took from her while she was going through the wilderness while she was going through despair while she was going through addiction while he was going through job loss while he was going through depression restore 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 amen and we're coming to a close that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hebrews 6, 12. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son the thing that he cherished the thing that he loved the thing that he adored who through faith subdued kingdoms worked righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things all the women I mentioned at the beginning of the message ended up giving birth to children ended up giving birth to conduits of God's promises you too can give birth to them through faith and the power of the Holy Spirit some of you may be in travail right now and a position getting ready to birth a miracle or miracles let me tell you it's not a hard thing for God to do it it may seem God's promises have failed at some points and seasons in your life but unknowns to you and I God has allocated a time for you brother God has allocated a time for you sister a set time and appointed season all along it was God causing all things to work together for your good all those unmet promises all those unmet requests God was using it to work it together for your good because you love God and you are called according to his purpose God is getting ready to birth some miracles in your life God is getting ready to birth some miracles through your life hallelujah in Jesus name father we thank you that you are the miracle working God even Lord Father, forgive us when we doubt. 
Forgive us when we get frustrated. Forgive us for trying to birth an Ishmael. Father, we want to birth things in your spirit. Just like that woman, God, that promise looked dead. It looked as if there was no hope from the outside. But God, just like you said about Abraham, who against hope, against hope, it looked hopeless, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to which was spoken. Father, every word you've spoken in here, God, over each and every person, God, I pray, Father, you would continue to reveal to them your plan, your purpose, your times and seasons, your time of birthing, God. And I pray, Father, if there's anybody in here tonight that doesn't know you, God, if you've come in here tonight and you say, I have become, an, I have become frustrated with God. I've become discouraged. I felt like I was giving birth to something at one time, but I feel like the promise has died. And I need to recommit my life to Christ. I need to give my life back to God because I want to be the birthing station for his promises. If that's you and here tonight, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. Don't be embarrassed. People are gonna, there's gonna be people up here to pray for you and agree with you. Don't miss your moment. Times and season. Times and season. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. Don't wait. God is moving. This is the atmosphere. Somebody's going to pray and touch and agree with you. Just come stand right here. Come stand right here. God is going to birth something inside of you. Your faith, your faith is going to make you well. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. If I could get a few, we're not going to lay hands, we're just going to pray. If I could get just a few women and a couple men, a man, a couple men leaders, women. I need a, just a couple women, please, to pray for whatever's on their heart. Agree with them, please. If they need to give their heart back to the Lord, lead them. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for giving birth to miracles in this house, God. Thank you, Lord God, that they will stand and testify one day how that promise that died, God, came back to life, came back to fruition, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
anybody else. Anybody else. If the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, don't resist it. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come in and make peace with him. If that's you, come to the front so we can pray for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that it is well with our soul, God. Everything we're trusting you for, Lord. And I know, Father, there's a lot of people in here, Father. We got big dreams, God. Stuff you've placed inside of us, Lord. Promises that we're believing you for, God. And life just has a way of taking its toll on us at times. 
but you are the promise-keeping God. You are the miracle worker, Jesus. You are the covenant-keeping God. And in this place tonight, God, let new doors begin to open up, God. Let new seasons come into place, God. Hallelujah, Father. Let people cross over tonight, God. Hallelujah. Not where they used to be, God. Far from where they used to be, Lord God. But where you have brought them to and where you have brought them from, God. Let doors begin to open, God. Let new things, God. As you said in your word, behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Before it spring forth, I tell you of it. So, God, let it be according to your word, Father. Let us begin, Lord God, to enter into that new season of trusting you, even when the promise may look dead. We know that you are the God of resurrection. And we'll always be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, say amen. Thank you guys so much for coming out here tonight. Don't forget, tomorrow morning services, 9 and 11 a.m. Come ready, come expectant, come with your dance and praise shoes on, and ready to give God glory. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming out here tonight.